my dad's parents, so my grandparents, are Chinese. My mom's parents, uh, one's Chinese, one's Viet. And then they moved to Vietnam. And then from Vietnam, they obviously... And then they moved here to England. So I'm just like, where is... So when people are like, go back to your own country. And I'm like, I don't know where it is. <laughs> so... <laughs> Davina and I'm Ricky and welcome to Fierce Slay Talk, a decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? Welcome back, everybody. I am overjoyed to have the queen of the bullring, winner of Idol Status, the best David Attenborough impersonator I know. My season one sister, Sumty Woo! Hi, welcome. Are you well? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah. Davina, you look stunning. Well, you know, I just roll out of bed. You know me. This is just a very quick, quick scrub on the face. Just brushed my hair, really. <laughs> so what, something, what have you been doing? Uh, how have you been since the show has aired? Yeah, it's been wild. What, we've had like... Um, after it, when it was airing, like even before it aired, we had like Manchester Pride. That was really, really cool. Yep. Just going out to all those people and being like, "Way, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a. You should have known me because I've been working on the scene for many years, but you only care now because I'm on telly. <laughs> <laughs> I've done gigs in Manchester loads, but you've never come to them. Yeah, it's, it was like that. <laughs> it was like that, and then like obviously you do all the wicked gigs and stuff. Um, Davina gave me a chest mm-hmm. infection while we go all around our tour. <laughs> Great. We're both coughing up blood. It was delicious. Listen, share oh, and God. share alike. I I don't like to keep things to myself. I like to pass them around. Especially <laughs> especially on that tour bus when just, oh. our beds were literally next to each other in the air conditioning. Yeah. Like air conditioning just like made <laughs> us ill. <laughs> um, what was it? Yeah, we did that. We did the tour. It was amazing. We had obviously UK drag on. I saw one of the comments on Twitter was like, someone says something like, what's the coldest you've ever been? And someone had an actual comment and what one person's response was, the coldest I've ever been was queuing to get into DragCon UK. And then all of a sudden, while I'm freezing, I see something one come out having a cigarette dressed in only a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess after DragCon, um, it all just went <clears throat> downhill. You're roasting there. inside anyway, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, this is the most clothes I've worn in a long time. I, I basically live naked. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm in a onesie now. That's it. I thought I'd put a top on at least. I mean, yeah, I've got a top on, but I my uh, bottoms are in fact a onesie. Uh, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I get a pretty good deal here, don't I? Really? I don't have to get ready for anything. It's got no so, pants on at all. Uh, yeah, I imagine everyone on Zoom and everything like that is basically naked from the waist down. Yeah, everyone's just doing a real yeah. poll on the the judging panel oh my god like when, when we get, actually get to see that the, the, the day that she did that I, I actually lost my mind i was like what, what? because you see it as a, you see it as a full dress but it's just a tear away at the middle yeah. is... <laughs> she's got a pair of trackies on underneath it's like when you were 
when you were analysing her um, finale outfit, we, I think when they were doing handing out the scepter, is are we outside the contract? We are now. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. like, <laughs> 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 just handing out the scepter, everyone's just looking at the dress. Was like, it's only a single lining. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not even hemmed. Where's it's the not, hem? It's not even oh. hemmed. There's no hem on this dress. It's just a raw edge. Oh god! <laughs> you got some poor AD running after with a state book. Uh, <laughs> Come back. <laughs> so out of it, I know it's been like it was a very short amount of time that we got, um, really, in between the show finishing airing and then the pandemic hitting. But in that space of time, you know, between us being announced and the pandemic hitting and everything grinding to a, a halt. What has been, or actually during lockdown, what's been your favourite moment so far of that time? Oh, okay. I know it's really bad, but I really like not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've really really loved it because like you get because so, we've been working we've been working a while, Davina. Do you know what I mean? So like we get used to going from gig, get on a get on a train to another gig, staying in a bad hotel. Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't pay for the hotel. Staying on a mate's sofa, getting on another train somewhere else, and just doing gigs and gigs and gigs and gigs. And I kind of forgot what it felt like not to have to carry a suitcase around. Mm. So I've really been like you dealing with the situation, just like chilling. I've just been having like the best time at home. I've been setting up these lovely little studios you could possibly see, yeah. like doing some like renovations in the house, organizing all of my drag, things that I wouldn't do before because I was like, oh, I'm too busy. But literally now I have no excuse not to. And I guess if I'm going to be here and inside for a long time, I might as well enjoy my time inside. Yeah, I mean, fair, absolutely. I had kind of the same thing that I'd, the suitcase thing particularly, I'd got, I'd ended up with, um, you know, like tennis elbow, where because you're you're dragging your suitcase and it's so heavy and then the wheels always break after like three weeks. So then you're you're only using one wheel on a suitcase that's like 30 kilos and then you're trying to carry it up the stairs in the fucking underground or on. Oh yeah, nowhere, nowhere on the underground has a lift. So yeah. Oh, just the worst. So I had really, really bad tennis elbow because partly because there's no time to exercise either because you're so busy getting on a thing to go to a thing to do a thing when he there's no time to sleep or or exercise so i just had really weak arms and then like <laughs> just, the worst this elderly woman ex- carrying these really heavy bags get out of my <laughs> way i'm going to a gig so yeah so i just ended up with really bad tennis elbow What's the what's the weirdest thing that you've been asked? Do you think uh, to do since Drag Race? Oh, it's probably cameo. Okay, go on. <laughs> cameo, not not just like like some particular cameos that I have to like delete. Um, the, the, uh, the, normally they're great. They're like, could you wish my nan a happy birthday? Or like, <laughs> I've just come out to my mum and dad's gonna get a thank you message and say how much support they are. Um, I had one one message that I remember. It was um. My best friend is going, I think it was like my best friend's birthday or something. And we're gonna share a bed together in the, in the woods. And please tell him that if he gets drunk and I suck his dick, it's okay. And I'm like, I don't think that is. So I had to like politely decline, like, I'm sorry, I could not do this cameo. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Have you had any weird ones like that? Um, I've the I think I'd had one where somebody was uh 
trying to break up with somebody else. And I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> really not into that. And then also I had another one where uh, some guys were like, can you wish Benny a good um, stag do? Tell him he's a fucking faggot and I hope that he uh, gets pounded to death in his arsehole or something like And I was like, I don't think I'm going to make this message for Benny. Goodbye. I um, could make £25 a lot nicer. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to support the homophobia going on right now. Uh, so it's been like stuff like that where I've just been like, oh, I just don't think this is cool at all. This is horrible. Because it's, it's like, you know how people are trying to like cancel people for absolutely doing, but not not cancel people. Um, people but, are held accountable for their things. Yeah. But, if if someone cast me a cameo, it was like, here's a hundred pounds to shout the N-word seven times. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I think I do need that hundred pounds, but <laughs> like... not gonna do that. No. Yeah, no. I'm just it's like, no, I know I really want to get that delivery with MS shot, but let's it's, just delete I mean... that one. <laughs> yeah. It's it's that thing about you have to be really careful as well, don't you? It's that thing about Eureka and them getting her to say knickers on her live stream, but because of her accent, it clearly does not sound like she's talking about underwear. It sounds like she's saying something else. And that was, you know, apparently a big part of what sort of was the unraveling of, of her, because um, I thought she was, you know, probably gonna win that series. Um, and then that happened and there was a, you know, as much as there's ever a big outcry about Drag Race, there was a big outcry about it, but you know, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? Loads of little kids getting you to say naughty words. <laughs> so, like, speaking of drag race, though, so I'm chatting a couple of the season two girls because we we've got to we went through the ringers, yeah, and they were like, <clears throat> I think one of them was like, "Wow, you really do get a lot of hateful comments," and I was like, he, "No, uh, actually, no." She specifically said, "I think everyone's a lot more rabid." <laughs> on the comments for our season than yours. And I was like, I don't think so. And she was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, we just don't tell you the bad things. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're all just like, the fans are great. Everyone's amazing. <laughs> but she was like, I've been told to kill myself like three times. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, I mean, only only three. Yeah. Wow, you're so lucky. I mean, I don't really get that. I don't really get that from the Drag Race fandom, but I get it from other stuff that I've done. So, like, I did a thing for um, Bite Size, and the, I mean, the stuff that came back from me doing an a, a piece about how to support your gay kids in lockdown. Like, suddenly, I'm a paedophile. I'm trying to abuse children, I'm trying to uh, entice them into my web of sin and I should kill myself and actually they should put me on a cross and burn me to death. You know, that all of that stuff. Yeah, it, very much for Mum's me. net, yeah, yeah. Mum's net. Very uh, I used to love net. slating Mum's net on Gadio. It was great fun. I mean, <laughs> it's a, from what started out as a nice idea, it's turned into a yeah. very toxic space. It? <laughs> it's like a drag queen story time. Like I never see any of those gammons like attack like gay bars and stuff like that. But the instant it's in the daytime when they're doing something like, like if I've seen a drag queen reading a book, like honestly, 
drag queens do a lot worse in a yeah. bar. If you want to cancel someone or get someone mm. called out for being a child molester or a paedophile or a sex offender, just go see them at a club at 4am when they're smashed. Like... <laughs> I would this never, it, yeah. ever do anything naughty at four o'clock when I'm smashed out of my face. I am a paragon of virtue. <laughs> paragon of virtue. <laughs> Virtual insanity, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And the the stupid thing with the, uh, the kids' story time thing is, like, have you never been to a panto? You know, this is the generation who grew up on panto with you know, clearly messing about with the rules of gender and it's it's a family show. So it just doesn't make any sense that you would suddenly go, men in a dress are terrible for children. But these people, these we say these people, but they're not like that old. They, no. were, they were like... No, a lot of my generation, like 40s. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably say they were like 16 when people like Dame Edna were on telly. Mm. Dame Edna, Lily Savage. Um yeah. Paul yeah, like Paul O'Grady as well. Like out of, Graham Norton in his like yeah. absolute like golden years. And this yeah, is like yeah. on TV, like a prime time TV with their own talk show. And these these people must have been like 16, just like I really hate homosexuals. <laughs> and they just <laughs> and they just gotten older and they're just gammonized. Yeah, it's just the worst. Yeah. Gammonized. I love that. That's it's such a great that's expression, a word. Isn't it? Gammonized. Gammonized, sanitized, radicalized. I'm yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so perfect. on the show, you uh, you made quite an impression on Jerry Halliwell. She was absolutely in love with you. My best mate, isn't it? Jeremy? And I know, which I'm fuming about because, you know, I've worked with her a little bit. Um, fuming. <laughs> and, but she was the only judge to come backstage on any of our series at all. Nobody else even thought to do it. And she came back specifically to talk to you. So how did that feel, knowing um, that? I, th I thought, I thought, first thing was, why is this child walking around the workroom? <laughs> She's um, so <laughs> tiny. <laughs> uh, my second thought when I realized it was her was, how did you push a human out of you? <laughs> yeah. That was my honest, that was my second thought. I looked at her and I was just like, no, no. And, I, and, and the third form in my head, I was just like, did you, like, when you when you were like the curvy ginger spice, I was just like, you must have looked like a tiny sex doll. Those are my first three points. Um, and then she just started talking. She was just saying all these nice things. Um, and I was just like, <laughs> just like sobbing uncontrollably. Um, but she was really, really lovely. It was really, really nice to see her come around because like, um, cause like Spectre, you know, like when, when, um, you know, you've seen Drag Race and that, when they're talking with the maquette, which by the way, we don't get, apparently it was only a prop. Yeah. For the UK <laughs> girls. No, you don't get one of those. Why would you get one of those? No. You got, you got the opportunity to get a pin badge. Why would we give you a maquette? The best thing about that pin badge is they also sold it at Dragon. So <laughs> there are kids in the world with more repeated badges than me. So <laughs> Really? Ah, <laughs> oh. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. She came around. She was really, really lovely. Um, it was just wonderful because when the cameras were rolling, and then the cameras were still rolling, and like they didn't like you know obviously when the cameras were it's like okay cameras cut okay da 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 and they just chat normally. They were just they, they finished. I was talking to the thing. I was like, yeah, I've had a great time at RuPaul's Drag Race. It's been amazing. You'll 
won't forget about me. Uh, and then they just keep filming. And I was like, are you guys okay? <laughs> and then she just walks out from the side because they all just move the cameras around. And I'm like, I'm here. What? <laughs> I was like, is there something behind? Is there a ghost? Uh, but then she comes in and I was like, oh my God. She's so small. And then, <laughs> honestly, she her head comes up to my stomach in heels as well. And I was just like, I guess it's like when Gandalf, like, like um, yeah, when like Gandalf hugs like, um, what's his name? The, the little one, Frodo. Yeah, <laughs> like in the little scene. I'm yeah. like, there we go, Jerry. <laughs> and it, it, she must have, you know, I'd never really thought of it like that. You're saying she must have looked like a little sex doll. But she must have actually, you know, in real life, because she is minuscule. She's so tiny. She And she isn't the smallest one. No, no. Which is so crazy to me that there there are people even smaller. <laughs> Emma Bunton, yeah. Because <laughs> they don't seem like that on TV, do they? They seem like, you know, quite... They seem like big, normal sized, but they're not them. It's the opposite as well. We we don't, so they look taller. And when we're on Drag Race, we don't look as tall as we are. Mm. So when people see us in real life, they're like, wow, I didn't expect you to be six foot one out of drag. And we're yeah. like, we are all tall. Apart from Bianca Del Rio. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, you're really short. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All of us like gargantuan Amazon women, and then there's Cheryl and Blue, yeah. <laughs> like <this> tiny little <laughs> ones. <laughs> who, who is the shortest out of all the UK ones? Is it Blue? No, I, in the first series, I think it's Cheryl. I think is it Cheryl? Is yeah, it? I think Cheryl's okay. the shortest out of all of us. Um, well, I think Viv's the tallest. Yeah. Okay. It's like a fight between I think Viv Vinegar. Yeah, I think it's Viv and Vinegar are like yeah. Are they both the tallest? Okay. <laughs> Davina's is looking in the head now. Just I know I'm thinking about Crystal because Crystal's quite tall as well. Oh yeah, yeah, Crystal is tall. Yeah. Vivian's deceptively tall. Yeah. Because she's not like tall and lanky, she's tall and broad. Yeah. So she kind of looks like she's closer up, but yeah. she's very tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. You know those people, right? If you see someone like from far away, you're like, oh, he's quite like tall and handsome, and as you get closer, it's like he, the, the perspective hasn't changed. <laughs> Oh, they really are enormously tall. Or they're, they're yeah. either really, really tall, or as they get closer, you're like, oh, you're just, you just look in proportion from yeah. top tip to toe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other way. You talked, um, you've talked before about your early life being like a first generation immigrant. Can you explain um, for anyone who doesn't know what that was like? For anyone who doesn't know what that means is when you go to primary school, it means you don't know how to speak English. Uh, <laughs> 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 but no, yeah, that's... Uh, Basically, yeah, like parents come over to the country. Um, basically, your first language is whatever that language is. Mine was Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. My parents also speak Chinese, but they speak that in secret. So whenever they're talking about us kids, they could talk in Chinese. Oh, and really? Understand? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. It's, it's weird. I think my my dad's parents, so my grandparents, are Chinese. My mom's grand, my mom's parents, uh, one's Chinese, one's Viet. Okay. And then they moved to Vietnam. And then from Vietnam, um, they obviously, all of their mates and stuff, all the other family are born there. So they all speak Vietnamese, but they can speak Chinese as well. 
Okay. And then they moved here to England. So I'm just like, where is the so when people are like, go back to your own country? And I'm like, I don't know where it is. <laughs> so... <laughs> and was that a thing? Were people saying that to you as a kid? Were they? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, people are saying that to me, like, now on, like, Twitter and stuff. Because they... Oh, no, I get it all the time. Because I'm, I'm so, like, uh, like, as Davina is as well, with, like, we're not assholes. So, like, if we see any, like, racial injustice, um, uh, sexual discrimination, yep. um, like, absolutely anything, like, like, you'd identify as um, like trans issues. We're always on the forefront because we see it online. We have a platform and as drag queens, I feel it is honestly our obligation uh, mm -hmm. to have to spearhead all of these things because, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're ahead of all that. Especially in the LGBTQIA2 plus community. Um, <laughs> So yeah, whenever there's anything about race, I'm just like, this is racist, baby. This is also white privilege. And I was like, if you hate England, go back to your own country. And I'm like, I think you'll find I don't know where the fuck that is, honey. Like <laughs> yeah. But I found I found that my greatest um, my greatest insult to anyone, this is a tip as well to you, Davina. If if you can't think of anything nice to say, but you want to like really hurt them inside, just reply with, you'll never find love. You'll you'll never know love. My other one is, um, I'm, I feel sorry for you because you'll most likely die alone, and you will your legacy will be forgotten, oh. or like you will leave no legacy. It's all that kind of like the, like this is why I'm good. I didn't get to the reading challenge because I can't say like any when I go for a read, I go for the jugular. Yeah. So like I can't just be like, haha, your hair is kind of crispy. I'd be like, <laughs> uh, or, or be like, haha, your your teeth are wonky. I'd be like. I'm so sorry your parents couldn't afford dental care and you've had to live with that through to your adult life. Like it's, I, 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 I can't like, I can't do it by halves. I think Davina has the same issue. Like whenever, to, I, I've seen Davina do a couple of like, like fun digs, but mm -hmm. I'll read it and I'm just like. And they just feel like, oh, that's so mean. <laughs> that's so mean. <laughs> There's a, um, there was a meme on, on Insta. I'll send you around in my stories. I think it was like, it was a star sign thing. It said Taurus in the corner. And it was just a picture of someone looking at a text going, when you sent the message and you don't know whether you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's us. All the time, all the time, all the time. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, First generation stuff in the UK, it's, for me, yeah, English wasn't my first language to anyone who's wondering what it is and mine's via. Um, learning to speak English in school um, is one main thing as well. I remember there's a video of me and my dad. Um, he was saying something he called Safari Park, Safari Park. So he says it in a Vietnamese accent. And there's me talking like this going, uh, dad, I think you think, I think you'll find it's pronounced Safari Park. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But there's other words as well that my um, me and my cousins really take the piss out of. So like Asda in Vietnamese is Abda. Oh, right. Okay. okay. Tesco is Tesco. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, they can't just test because there's so many like weird pronunciations in Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. I think it's technically the hardest language to learn in the world because of all um, the noises you have to kind of learn to make with your tongue. Okay. So they can't say normal English words fine. Like they can't say the word Graham. So my cousin <laughs> married a guy called Graham into or married into the family. And I think he's been in the family now for 20 years. 
and they can't say his name. It, they either say Graham or Graham. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't say Graham. It's very, very weird. Very weird. See? <laughs> but yeah, those are the little ploys about being a uh, first generation. <laughs> so what's the response from the Asian community been since Drag Race? Oh, they've been wonderful because so many, because my, um, my coming out story specifically is very, very Asian. Um, it's same in Plastiques as well, where she didn't come out before the show. So she wanted to like make something of herself on the show before going, hey, mum and dad, I'm a professional cross-dresser. I know that's not a lawyer. Like, I know I dropped out of uni as well. So sorry about that. Um, but for a lot of Chinese people watching or a lot of people with like a Vietnamese or a Chinese background, um, coming out is it's very it's very like traditional with like first generation because it's all about losing face mm -hmm. and, and that saying is basically like um losing face like you don't want to kind of just I, I guess it is losing face like looking bad um you don't want to be the one to kind of stand out per se in like a bad way because it's uncles brothers it's all very competitive that was like, oh, my, 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 like my uncle would be like, oh, my son's a doctor. And they'd be like, oh, my son's a lawyer. And I'm like, oh, my, my son's a crossdresser. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff like that. It's, um, it, it's a losing facing. So, like, with specifically with like coming out, um, for me, you have very rarely any like LGBT kind of, kind of, or we say oriental in the UK, but in America, apparently that's not allowed because that's racist. Mm -hmm. But, um, police call it oriental here uh but like of east asian representation in the lgbt media on tv there isn't any like all i had was gokwan so my, my brother is very gay like he's very camp wow um, really yeah, yeah 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 he also looks like me but i'm much more attractive <laughs> I'm, I'm just heading i'm i'm going onto your facebook <laughs> oh, <laughs> to see, to see where he is oh, everybody goes on my facebook and goes is that your brother oh he's way hotter than you what happened and i'm like oh really yeah, <laughs> thanks insane. thanks guys yeah but yeah um, so him growing up he would constantly get compared to gokwan but right. the best thing is now that i got on telly everyone says that he's me uh, <laughs> which he hates perfect he i hates bet he does um, so he, he, before the pandemic, he worked quite a public facing job. Um, I think he was at, I think he was at Selfridges or something as one mm -hmm. of like the, um, visual merchandisers, visual merchandisers there. Um, but people would catch him in store and come up to him and be like, I'm sorry, can we have a picture with you? And then he'd be like, <laughs> you think I'm something wrong, don't you? And they'd be like, are you not? And he'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh... <laughs> and then he wouldn't even say that's my brother that's <laughs> no, not me that's my brother just you're racist fuck off you're racist <laughs> all chinese people don't look the same <laughs> <laughs> oh that is funny <laughs> Well, it's a moment because uh, obviously as a bigger brother I have to annoy him constantly so I feel like I can have this over his head for a long time oh my god <laughs> that, oh, that's I mean, brilliant that would be hilarious though I think just being your brother and having that power to go we don't all look the same get <laughs> yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. 
hope when you actually do look like it. Oh, no, but the, but the worst thing is though, the worst the good thing is I completed Grinder before I moved away from Birmingham. Uh, but, <laughs> level 56 completed. Honestly, um hundred percent did it. Uh, so so obviously he's on he'll probably be on like the apps and stuff in Birmingham. Um but every now and again I'd visit and go back. And then some people were like, Oh, I've been missing someone that looks like you. And I'm like it's my brother, isn't it? <laughs> like... so, so, sorry, sorry to clarify, your brother is gay? I think so, yeah. We don't you talk about so. it. Okay. Again, a very like Asian thing. Right, right. Still, okay. after Drag Race, you don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We, we're gonna, like, wow. we talk about it as if we already know about it in the same way like, my parents now know that I'm a fully fledged homosexual. Uh, well, I say homosexual because it makes it a lot easier for them to understand. Uh -huh. I actually identify as pan uh -huh. or possibly demisexual. Um, I just need to do more reading into it. Pan is when I basically find the male energy very attractive. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be on a man, doesn't have to be on a woman, doesn't have to be on a trans person. I find the male energy attractive and I'm really attracted to shoulders. So give me a good shoulder boulder and I'm Ooh. yours. Um, <laughs> and demisexual also, I don't just, I can easily like, uh, like talk the talk, but when it comes down to actually doing the dirty, um, I have to actually have a connection with them. Okay. Like an actual connection. Like I'm very difficult to have like a one night stand kind of thing. Okay. Unless like we've been hanging out beforehand and you feel that vibe, but like, otherwise I just don't find them attractive. Simple. I mean, yeah. Very strange. But I think everyone is, everyone is like little briefs, little, little bits of that as well, unless you actually read mm. into it. And you, I guess we have to because we're drag queens because mm. we are the spearhead of all of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> You've got to understand what, where it is that you're working and what it is that you're doing. But you're right though, so, some people don't care at all, do they? And they're just, you know- No, and, and some people in it. our community don't care. Yeah. And that's also upsetting. I can't, I can't not care at all what somebody's like, especially when they'll send you pictures on Grindr, won't they? With no sort of head or face, like it doesn't matter. And it's like, yeah, but it does matter. The whole- I find the face more attractive. Like people are always like, oh, you're, you're not gonna fancy me because I have a six pack and you've been on telly. And I was just like, have you seen the men that I've slept with? Um, I think, I honestly think a six pack puts me off because I need a bit of meat on them as well. Like if, if someone looks like they spent a lot of time in it, I would rather someone who spent more time at McDonald's than they have in the gym. Okay. <laughs> but as long as you got a cute face, if they don't have a cute face, I do not care. Yeah. I'm like a good snog. And that's what the worst thing about the pandemic's been. That's it. So where did you, you sorry, you were saying where you, um, where you grew up. Where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to a all boys grammar school in oh. Birmingham. Oh, Ooh, okay. Very posh, dear. Very Perfect. Posh, very posh. Very posh. Mm, I went to a grammar school. It was King Edwards. I was technically in the top fifth percentile of the IQ. Oh! Oh, she okay. really knows. Oh, she just really knows how to remember photographs <laughs> and stuff like that from the 11 plus. Where did you go after that? <laughs> oh, uh, after that, I went directly to university. I didn't do a gap year. Okay. Gap year. Uh, <laughs> I looked at the um, the UCAS book and I was like, what do I want to do just to get away and get pissed? Uh, and I was like, architecture, where's the furthest uni away from Birmingham? Uh, I was like, yeah. I applied for Manchester, didn't get through to Manchester. Um, my second choice was Lincoln. And then I ended up in Lincoln Uni. So you've gone to Lincoln. And then how do you make the journey then from Birmingham to Lincoln and then end up in London? How does that happen? So we'll sit back for a story. Oh, um, okay, so, uni, so what's it <laughs> called? Um, school... 
straight to uni because I wanted to get as far away from Birmingham as possible. Architecture was the first thing that came up in the book that began with letter A. <laughs> I was going to say, because it began with A, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it started with A and I was like, let's just do this. Uh, did that up north. Um, did a lot of substances, alcohol as well. Um, had a great time, set with a lot of people. Um, after my third year, because... I dropped out because I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, bearing in mind dropping out in third year means that I am 18 first year. No, you turned 19 only first year, yeah. 20. So 21, dropped out on my third year. Bearing in mind architecture is a seven year course, should have picked a three year course. Whoa. Uh, then from there, moved back home to Birmingham. Um, thought I'd start a business degree at Birmingham, Birmingham Uni. Starting my degree at Birmingham Uni, uh, my UCAS application for my money fell through, so I currently still owe them £3,000. But Ouch. according to my tax, I don't earn enough to pay them back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, wait, so I was doing that. Oh, I was trying to think what else. Yeah, no, no. So I did that, went to uni for one year, realised business studies was absolute shite because my dad taught me more than that working in a Chinese mm. takeaway as a kid. Went straight into sales for a year. Um, sales for two years, actually. Then went into an office job in Birmingham as a paralegal. After doing a paralegal, I moved from paralegal to finance, uh, covering for someone on succumbent in London. Uh, they left after this um they left after their um pregnancy i took that position up did finance started playing gay rugby again bearing mind i've been playing rugby this whole time started playing gay rugby against and then moved in with a load of uh a load of my rugby team uh, who were the king's cross Steelers? ha oh, shout out uh king's cross Steelers. um moved in with a load of the rugby team in that first year of living with them, one of them was on a TV show called Drag Queens of London. Mm, okay. Um, and I was painting his head because he was on Drag Queens of London as like a new drag queen who'd never done drag before. He was learning to paint his face. And while he was doing it and performing, in my head, I was like, you're a sack of shit. I can do this so much better than you. So I did, and then entered Drag Idol that same year um, at, Birmingham Eden as one of my um mm -hmm. what's like one of the venues that I went uh -huh. in to do the competition at. Uh it was Eden, Admiral Duncan, and I think it was the RVT. Um so yeah, went went for Eden. Uh did that was my first time in drag on stage. I was like, how hard can it be? Like sing a couple of songs, do a few jokes. Oh my god. Um, and then ended up coming third <laughs> in the whole thing. Uh and then from then. Uh, I, I, I did an off, carried on my office job in London while still doing drag part-time. And I think it, the, the one day, I think I got a call from the venue and they were like, oh yeah, can you cover someone's dropped out? And I was like, oh, I don't know how long it is to get there. I don't know if I can, cause I'm still at work. And they were like, oh, it's like 400 quid. And I'm like, oh, that's annoying. And then I put down the phone, sat at my office desk and I was like, I could get four times the money I'm getting right now if I did that. And I think from that moment, I handed him a notice. And then I became a drag queen. <laughs> Full-time drag queen. So when was that? What year was that that you just went, right, this is it. Drag, that's it for now. Uh, 
are officially, I've just handed in my second uh, self-employment tax. So two years ago. So for two years. Two years ago, two years ago, when I went full time, and then before that, I was doing it part time along with work. Yeah, perfect. So you went from Drag Idol. So you went and um, you won Drag Idol, as you said. That was where the, your career started. Then. Yeah, when I entered Drag Idol, uh, came third to the Danny Beard who won. Uh-huh. Okay. Out here was really good. Danny Beard won, and then the Vixens came second. One of the Vixens okay. is now on Drag Race season two. Ah, okay. So now it means Danny Beard has to get on next year's. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> I think Danny's. I think Danny's gunning for it. But I was chatting to Danny. Yeah, um, and she's I was great just like, as well. Oh, Danny's absolutely incredible. I love Danny's voice as well. It, the thing with Danny is, I was just like, maybe I was like, kind of don't go for season two because it's during a pandemic. Yeah, actually, no, threes during a pandemic as well, and we don't know when it was going to be aired because you, you kind of no one goes on the show to make a load of money, but you go on the show to make a load of money, mm. uh, and you make your most mm-hmm. of your money from touring and doing gigs. Yeah, yeah. So what's the point of all the exposure without the getting ability benefit to from it? Because you put, we put a lot of money into this. Well, not a lot. Right. Some people put more than others, but it's more than what you'd want to put. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if it was yeah. free, that we would do better. Gorgeous. But yeah, it's it's a shame. So yeah. I was in Danny's like, just wait till the world goes back to normal before you apply. Yeah. yeah. She's been really stepping it up as well. She's been doing all kinds of different looks. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens there. How would, <clears throat> how you, you talked a, a, a little bit about how there's more stuff on the way. Um, is there a title for an album? Is there? I don't even have a title. Okay. Maybe we should come up with a title right now. Maybe that's what this should be. This should be a, a an R and D session right now. Um, Backdoor Sluts Nine. I really okay. So um, <laughs> low key, I wanted to call my first ever album "Fucked by a Gorilla." Okay. Because this is this is back when I used to work at, like playing bands and stuff as well. Um, I wanted to be called "Fucked by a Gorilla" because people could go to the shop and be like, "I just got fucked by a gorilla." And that just that was just so funny to me. <laughs> it doesn't work anymore because digital downloads, but yeah, I, I got fucked by a gorilla was my original plan. <laughs> so what's the vibe? What what is it that that because Crossfire is like a real kind of uh R and B, like that early Craig David mystique vibe going on in it is is this a continuation or is this a move away it is a continuation on that it, it, it kind of it all stems off one like branch of story because i basically write when i'm mad at someone or like mad at something and it kind of comes out uh, crossfire was everyone's like oh my god it's about like an ex or something i was like no crossfire was written about a bar that decided that they would only give me a chance in the booking now that I'm on Drag Race, B, the fact that they'd only give me a booking for the price I asked for before Drag Race, Uh and C, the fact that I don't give a fuck about them anymore, and I'm gonna do well without you. And then like, ha ha, you dickhead, you could have had your chance. Mm. Um, But I wrote that about that. (laughs) It's like actual like things, because I was so mad about it because I'd like, given a lot to this bar um, and venue, as, as for people who don't know, in the UK, like the bar and club scene is like kind of where drag queens mm. come up. There's honestly nothing else unless you get corporate. But yeah, like um, it was basically about a bar that really pissed me off. 
Um, and I just wrote about that. And the kids were always like, oh my God, it's an ex, it's a love song. Oh, it's a breakup song. I was like, no, no, it's about, I hope your bar burns down. Nice. That is also one of the experiences that you kind of have to deal with after doing something like Drag Race is those places that wouldn't have even sniffed at you before are suddenly like, oh, we'll give you a gig. How's 80 quid? Yeah, like we're no. your best friends now. <laughs> no. Yeah. And my experience of that was in the run up to the show as well. You know, they. I remember we spoke about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, yeah. start hearing things. They're like, oh. Maybe they're going to be on that show. We should start rebuilding this relationship, which we haven't. <clears throat> and they message you like, oh, Davina, like, we, we. Help. You know how much we love you. We just haven't booked you for three years. But how about you come and do a gig for us on a Tuesday for £62? How about fuck off? We can't cover travel, <laughs> but you can stay on the couch. Yeah! <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Get changed in the toilets. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of gigs where you change. Oh, we do love changing in the toilets, yeah. though. Like, yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. That's where my meet and greet is. <laughs> Cubicle two. <laughs> this is it. Absolutely. You're standing there with the poor guy in the toilets. He's standing there with a bowl of change and about yeah. 20 different exactly. fake aftershaves. And you just handed out some, like, trying not to get piss on I'm your I'm not letting anybody box. else in there. That's me. I'm in there selling the fucking... Yeah. Right, wash your hands. That's 20p, please. Thank you. That's... The Davina De Campo spray. No yeah, spray, exactly. no lay. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had, you've had quite a lot of support though from the um, from Drag Race alumni, haven't you? How's that been? Oh, that's been really really fun. So like I I'm on <laughs> so I do a lot of Twitch. So obviously I'm a computer game nerd. So this is what okay. my setup's for. Um, so I play like computer games. So I think we we're playing the last game about it was about killing everyone. Um, I was playing with Jan, Britta, Angina, Jeremy, formerly known as Fifi. Um, a load of the Dragula girls as well, so like Bitch Pudding, Yoska, um, and Eva Destruction. But it, it's like, it's really fun because it's, when you watch it on TV, it feels like they're like celebrities, you know what I mean? Like you can't talk to them. Mm -hmm. like, like kind of how I guess drag queens yeah. feel to normies. But <laughs> but when when you actually talk to them and get to play with them, they're, they're just like normal people. So it's really nice that everyone's Everyone's really uplifting of everyone. Even on our season with our girls, we're really uplifting. And especially with um, the new batch of UK. And I feel like the UK, uh, the US are the same with us as well. They're, they're really, really nice. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought in a million years I could drop detox a message and she'd just ring me back. Like, it's very, very odd. Yeah. Very, very, very odd. I think it's because there's that uh, shared experience, isn't there? Like, yeah, yeah. We've, we've all gone through something. Through, through the ringer. Yeah. The absolute ringer. We've all gone through ice. <laughs> so where can people find you if you yeah. want to see anything from me it's either on my youtube if you want to see me blabbering about things it is my twitter if you want to be see me put a picture once every month and then archive it it's instagram and what's is is the handle the same for each yeah it'll just look uh it's, it's something wrong on twitter it's something wrong on insta on twitch it is just some and on youtube it is a whole url because i haven't changed it <laughs> <laughs> and it will be there. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with us, darling. No, thank you, babe. And thank you very much. It's been really, really thanks fun. Thanks for coming nice on, something. Sending you all our love. Love you loads. And I hope you stay, ooh, hope you stay safe, stay well, because I know you're an elderly woman, so we don't want you getting anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it. Come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting. No waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it, come take me here and now. Try it and buy it, the top of the stack, bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you've got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.